Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode was pre-recorded as part of a live continuing education webinar. On-demand CEUs are still available for this presentation through all CEUs. Register at allceus.com slash counselor toolbox. Between writing notes, filing insurance claims, and scheduling with clients, it can be hard to stay organized. That's why I recommend Therapy Notes. Their easy-to-use platform lets you manage your practice securely and efficiently. Visit TherapyNotes.com to get two free months of Therapy Notes by just using the promo code CEU when you sign up for a free trial at TherapyNotes.com. I'd like to welcome everybody to today's presentation on building positive self-talk for confidence and self-esteem. Now, a lot of what we talk about for building positive self-talk may revolve around um, children, but we also have to remember that a lot of the clients that we work with, a lot of the people that we work with have negative self-talk and they learned that from somewhere so we may need to if you'll go with me on the analogy help them help their inner child and change their self-talk habits if you will we're going to identify the function of negative self-talk explain the benefits of positive self-talk and describe 15 methods for teaching positive self-talk to people of all ages what is the function of negative self-talk? When you think about the fact that people do things that are beneficial, we choose what is most beneficial at the moment. Why would negative self-talk in any sense of the word or any situation be beneficial? Well, it protects us from threats and failure. If we talk ourselves down, we can talk ourselves out of it. If we tell ourselves, I can't do this, then it keeps us from trying and potentially failing. If we say I'm not smart enough to whatever, same thing. If somebody's having difficulty in their relationships and they say, I can't find a decent partner. Well, let's look at the verbiage there. I cannot find a good partner. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. It means that there is no good person out there. So it's putting the onus or the responsibility on other people. Nobody wants to be my friend. Again, throwing focus and throwing the responsibility onto other people for not wanting to be your friend. I'm ugly. Well, you know, what's the benefit to that? How, how does that protect us if we say that we're ugly or we're stupid or we're some other self-deprecating statement? In what way is that beneficial? I could lose my job at any moment. You know, that's negative self-talk that keeps that anxiety going. So how is that functional how does that 
prevent some other kind of stress or distress? Well, if you're constantly worried about losing your job, then you may be doing more things in order to stay focused or you may detach from your job. So if you lose your job, you know, whatever. It's on them and it's not my fault. A lot of negative self-talk has to do with uh, protecting ourselves from criticism from loss. Another function of negative self-talk is attention. And we're going to talk about the way we do that sometimes in what my daughter named the, quote, ugly, fat, and dumb game, which when she first told me this, I think my jaw hit the floor and my eyes got big, big and wide. However, once she explained it, I remember being exposed to similar things and participating in similar things when I was a teenager. So it's not all that uncommon. It's not healthy, but it's not all that uncommon. So let's look at it for a second. The ugly, fat, and dumb game is a method of attaining attention by somebody in any given group who needs the most attention. It's not necessarily the individual with the lowest self-esteem, but it's the person who feels they need to be the center of attention for some reason. And that could be because of their family of origin. They are used to being the mascot. It could be for a variety of reasons, it's, but not necessarily directly correlated to self-esteem. So the person, in order to get this attention, draws attention to their own real or perceived flaws in order to get others to announce their own real or perceived flaws in an attempt to make the first person feel better and subsequently um, lowering everybody else's self-esteem. So basically, while eating dinner, Sally announces her weight to the table and calls herself fat. And then in unison, almost as if it was expected, all of the other girls or people at the table start announcing their weight. And most of them, if not all of them, weigh more than that particular person. But this is a way they are trying to make Sally feel better about herself because she announced that she was fat because she weighed some amount and they're like oh you're not fat i weigh blah 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 and i weigh blah 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 we've seen this happen it's not a healthy way of getting attention but it is in some ways a way of making sure that you've got support it's a way of trying to make others around you feel worse about themselves so you can feel better about yourself which is one of those self-esteem things uh, and if someone at the table isn't of a lower weight, they may find another self-deprecating thing to say about themselves. But you're so pretty. I would kill to have your hair. Mine is like a rat's nest. For some reason, socially, we feel obligated. If somebody says something bad about themselves, we have been taught, for, one, for whatever reason, instead of trying to make them feel better about themselves by focusing on their positive aspects, we feel like we may need to share our own perceived flaws. And that's where that negative self-talk comes in. It trains us to focus and start comparing and regularly compare ourselves to other people to see whether we are, you know, heavier than, stronger than, thinner than, richer than, the list goes on. That's not helpful. That really prevents positive self-talk if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people on any sort of dimension. What are the benefits of positive self-talk? Well, reduced cortisol and HPA axis activation. Remember, our HPA axis is our threat response system. When we feel like we are in danger or there's a threat of rejection, isolation, 
the unknown, then we tend to become at least slightly anxious. This causes the HPA axis to kick off and cortisol levels to go up and that whole cascade to start taking place. That's hard on our system and it contributes to anxiety and eventually depression. Positive self-talk can lead to reduced pain and you're like, how does that happen? Well, when we activate that HPA axis, our serotonin levels go down. As serotonin levels go down, our pain threshold also goes down. So we start to feel more pain. Serotonin is one of those neurochemicals that helps buffer our pain perception. Additionally, when we're stressed, what else causes pain? I know when I'm stressed, I grind my teeth. I actually woke up this weekend and I wear a, a splint at night because I grind my teeth and I was having a dream that I was trying to eat something and trying to chew it up, but it was too um, crunchy for me to chew it up. And I finally woke up and realized I was trying to chew through my, through my bite splint, which, you know, that's not a good thing, but it causes, you know, TMJ can cause pain, neck stress can cause pain, can cause headaches, and just general aches and pains. They find that people who are more stressed tend to have more upper and lower back pain, as well as GI distress and other things, because when we get stressed and that HPA axis kicks off, things, your, your gastrointestinal system ramps up because now's not the time to rest and digest. Now's the time to clear out the system so we can focus on fight or flee. There's a lot of sources of pain that come from anxiety that is caused by negative self-talk. We see improved physical health and through less stress-related diseases if we are positive about things. And they've done studies that you can find that people who have an optimistic outlook and have positive self-talk tend to have higher immunity and tend to be more resilient in the face, in the face of physical problems. We have increased energy. If you were bad talking yourself all day long, I just want you to imagine we've probably all had those days occasionally where we get into this negative funk and just everything is negative and we are critical of ourselves, we're critical of others. What does that do to our energy? Oh my gosh, for me, it is just exhausting. Increased energy increases when we start with positive self talk because positive talk highlights the possibilities highlights the synergy instead of the differences. We have greater life satisfaction if we are focusing on the positive. If you remember in one of the prior classes a few months ago, we talked about the fact that our brains are wired to focus on the negative. It actually puts a greater weight on every negative thing than it does on every positive thing. So when you have one negative thing happen, you actually need five positive to counterbalance it. Why is that? Because our brain wants to survive. And if we miss a positive thing, it's probably not going to make a huge difference in our survivability. If we miss a negative thing, it's possible that that could hinder our survival. Ergo, our brain pay pays more attention to the negative than the positive. Positive self-talk encourages us to really turn our minds and focus on the positive. It doesn't mean ignoring the negative, but it means, for example, looking at failure as a learning opportunity, embracing those dialectics. And as I said earlier, improved immunity. When we are under less stress, our body has more energy to devote to our immune system. Unconditional positive regard plays a role in positive self-talk. 
from attachment figures on, and this can be childhood attachment figures or adult attachment figures. Remember, attachment doesn't go away. We still need to have people in our life that help us feel safe and secure. We want to encourage people to use the phrase, I love you even. I love you even when you make mistakes. I love you even when you forget. There was a book, um, if any of you remember the Little Critter series, that was one of my favorite sets of books when I was little and when my kids were little. Um, and I can't remember the, uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but anyway, Little Critter is going through and he loves his mom so much, but he keeps making these mistakes and he keeps trying and she loves him anyway. She just, she's like, oh my gosh, here we go again. But she is appreciative of the fact that he's trying. We want people to be appreciative of themselves and compassionate with themselves. We want them to tell themselves, I love you even, or you are lovable, you are deserving or worthy of love, even when you make mistakes, even when you forget, even when you're having a bad hair day, even when you get angry or you're sad or you lose or you fail at something. We want people to start recognizing their inherent lovability as people not based on what they do, but who they are. And, you know, we all make mistakes. It doesn't mean we're less lovable. It means that we have a learning opportunity. Self-awareness is another step in addressing negative self-talk. Encourage people to start figuring out, who am I? I have the ability to, and have people complete this list. And it can be a fun list where you can do mind mapping or you can have them write on different slips of paper what they have the ability to do. They can do a collage. You can have a beach ball that you pass around. And every time somebody catches the beach ball, they need to identify something else that they have the ability to do. You can go around the room and do the clapping game. So every time somebody, you start with the alphabet and The person who has A has to identify something that begins with A that they can do. And then the next person has the letter B, and they have to identify something that has the letter B in it that they can do. You see where I'm going here. We also want to um, encourage people to explore and try new things. Too often we get caught in this no rut. No, I don't do that. No, I've never done that. No, I couldn't do that. Encourage people to embrace yes. It may not be something you love, but once I got out of my my no box, I started exploring a lot more things, things I thought I could never do or wouldn't like, like rock climbing. I'm terrified of heights, but for some weird reason, I guess because I'm, you know, strapped in, I really enjoy indoor rock climbing. Encourage people to explore new things because there's a lot of stuff out there they may not know that they like, and this can help increase their sense of personal empowerment and self-esteem. Have them, you know, try things like climbing trees, cooking, crocheting, drawing, fill in the blank. I tried my hand at drawing. I am not good at it, and I don't have the patience to learn it. Could I learn it? Probably. But that's an example of things that I tried. I realized that, you know, this isn't for me. And that's okay. We don't have to be good at everything. That's what makes the world go round. We all have our own strengths. We want people to recognize and embrace the fact that not everybody's going to be good at everything. It's helpful 
to try out things though and figure out what you are good at instead of just staying in your safe, staying in your lane and in your safe zone. Encourage people to explore who they are, not what they do, what they can do, not their abilities, but their inner qualities. These are things that, you know, if they fail a test, it doesn't change. You know, I am creative, kind, compassionate, curious, a good listener. Um, if you go online, you can Google um, like top 100 virtues or values, and a lot of these things come up. Selflessness, uh, you know, well, you'll get a list of over 100 things, and you can have people read down the list and identify things on that list that describe them so they start getting a better idea of who they are as people. Another thing that I've done for people, especially people that have lower self-esteem, is I have them do the inner quality activity for their best friend or for somebody that they would want to be their best friend. What do you look for in someone who is would be your best friend? And they go through that list and identify all the qualities. And then I say, okay, let's turn the tables now. Let's look at that list. How many of those qualities do you have yourself? It's an interesting discussion. Have people keep a daily journal or account of their successes, good qualities, and accomplishments, what they did right that day. There have been several studies that have shown that 10 to 20 minutes of positive journaling or meditation for people who hate journaling, you know, just thinking, mindful, recounting of their day, 10 to 20 minutes a day can significantly improve mood instead of focusing on those negatives which exist let's just take it a time out let's have a safe time where we can focus on all the things that we did right and then we can you know work on the other things in a few minutes have people start practicing and becoming uh, practicing changing and becoming aware of what they say to themselves and journal with restatements um, i think i've shared with you guys before i had a bad habit of calling myself a moron throughout the day. You know, I would lose my keys and I'd be like, oh, mommy's such a moron. And I realized that that wasn't helpful or healthy. And um, especially, I think there was one day I lost my keys and my son was like, mommy's a moron. I'm like, I am not. But I realized I had been saying that for six years. So that was the response that he knew. And I was like, you know, that's, that's not okay. So I changed my verbiage, but we encourage people to pay attention to the self-deprecating statements that they make every day and restate. So if they make a self-deprecating statement, they've got to stop, write it down, and restate it in a positive way. So, okay, instead of saying, I'm a moron, I can say, I am being forgetful. I am not, you know forgetful all the time. My behavior is forgetful. And this is where we start helping people separate who they are from what they do. When we're um, working with children um, and, and we're parenting small children, there's a big difference between you are a good girl or a good boy and or a bad girl or a bad boy and you are a good person. However, I don't like what you did. That was a bad behavior. You're a good person bad behavior. Semantics, but especially in children, that's really important to make that um, differentiation. Don't wait until you're stressed. Practice positive self-talk throughout the day, every day. And there are positive thinking apps. Yes, there's an app for that that you can download. You can also have mantras, either 
that you remember or you can make a bracelet that has the little letters on it like wwjd you know how they had that those bracelets that were out for a while well you can make your own bracelet with your own acronym that reminds you of your mantra that you can see all the time you can have mantras on your um, digital device you can even set push notifications sms notifications to come out on a schedule to remind you to tell yourself i am capable i am love lovable whatever other things that you can tell yourself that positive self-talk today is going to be an awesome day you know some days we get out of bed and we're like oh i have to go to the office again if you can get your head wrapped around that all right today's going to be an awesome day i'm not looking forward to driving in the traffic and stuff let me think about three or five things that may make today an awesome day i choose to be present in all i do that helps people stay focused on what they're doing in the moment and make more positive proactive decisions i feel energetic and alive i can achieve my goals i love challenges and what i learn from overcoming them that's one of those that sometimes is a is a bitter pill to swallow but if we have people continue to tell themselves that they are capable of overcoming challenges they may not say they love them but they can rephrase it in a way that is meaningful i have overcome many challenges in my life or just plain i've got this any of those mantras that can help people feel empowered and lovable and positive throughout the day and and yes surely this any of this stuff helping people with positive self-talk is super helpful if they are in toxic relationships because in toxic relationships a lot of times they are being blamed for things they are being criticized there may be verbal or emotional abuse so they're not going to get positive reinforcement they're not going to get that <clears throat> valuation necessarily from the person that they're in a relationship with and their significant others outside of that relationship may be looking at this relationship that they're in and going oh that's really toxic and it in a well-meaning way instead of being supportive of all the things that that person has to offer they may be critical of the fact that that person is staying in that relationship in order to have the sense of self and the confidence and and sense of empowerment to extricate from a toxic relationship people need to feel like they're worthy they're worthy of love they're worthy of be being treated better they're just plain old worthy and until they feel that way they may be relying on other people even toxic people to provide some sort of validation or sense that they're okay once they are able to say you know what i am okay then it can help them start making steps positive self-talk in and of itself is not going to do everything but it can be the catalyst to encourage somebody to start making positive positive changes in their life visualization is something else people can do in order to increase positive self-talk visualization helps people's brains see how they can succeed or or fail if they envision themselves going up to do a speech in front of 200 people and dropping their note cards and you know belching or whatever it is then that is going to increase anxiety and potentially create a self-fulfilling prophecy if they envision themselves going up to do this speech in front of the 200 people and knocking it out of the park then it's more likely 
that they are going to be able to do their speech effectively? Does it mean they're necessarily going to be the greatest speech givers ever? No, not necessarily. But if they visualize succeeding and not having major hiccups, then it trains their brain to be prepared for that and to expect success. Negative self-talk teaches the brain that negative things will happen, which increases anxiety and distress, reduces concentration, and increases a sense of helplessness. If we're constantly talking negatively to ourselves about the world, about ourselves, then we tend to feel very unlovable and unsafe, which is traumatic. I mean, let's just face it. It activates that HPA axis because our brain thinks, you know, you're not safe. Positive self-talk helps people's brains see that success is possible, happiness is possible, and that the person has power. And it you need to help walk people through some of these visualizations. They can visualize having a talk with their boss. They can visualize what a good day looks like. They can visualize anything that they are concerned about or are having negative thoughts about. You know, encourage them to visualize a positive outcome. Does it mean that that positive outcome will always happen? No. If they're visualizing having a discussion with their significant other about something that is, you know, causing distress in their relationship, does it mean that that person is, other person is necessarily going to just suddenly agree with them and it's all going to be happy? No. But in visualization, we can help them visualize having this discussion, you know, asking the person to sit down, stating their piece, and we can help them visualize, all right, what happens when you say this? If, the, if this person responds in well to what's going on, how does that play out? If this person responds aggressively to what you're saying, how does that play out? So they can visualize how to handle any potential scenario that might end up coming. And that, again, provides a sense of empowerment because they've planned. They may not have actually walked through it every single time, but they've walked through it mentally. So they're prepared and they know that if this person starts to react in this way, then this is the course of action I'm going to take. And that increases a sense of personal power and safety. We can have them envision what happiness looks like for them. You know, if you woke up tomorrow, that typical miracle question. If you woke up tomorrow and things had changed and you were just deliriously happy, what would be different and what would be the same? And have them really start visualizing what that looks like. I encourage clients to get a good mental image of what that looks like and start out the day visualizing that every single day and close out the day visualizing that every single day. So they're visualizing their destination and it can help keep them motivated. Visualizations combined with desensitization help reduce anxiety and distress around things like public speaking, tryouts or job interviews, driving. My, both of my children are learning to drive and, you know, my son is just panicked about it. He has all this negative all these negative associations with driving. My daughter, on the other hand, sees it, sees it as a path to freedom and she can't wait to drive. But both of them have certain amounts of anxiety and some of it can be healthy, but some of it can also be self-defeating. If they're too anxious, then they can't 
effectively focus on what they're doing. Starting a new school or a new job or taking a test, just about anything. Visualization is awesome because it helps people not only identify what it looks like for it to go well, but it also helps them identify the things that they're concerned about so they can address those things early on and they can start eliminating some of that negative those negative self-talks that, that those hecklers in the gallery that say oh of course you're going to trip and fall or whatever it is have people watch others who are successful and role play using that data to visualize pick somebody that they really admire and role play using that data if they really admire michael jordan for example okay so you've watched michael jordan you you think he's awesome he's successful how would he handle this situation? Imagine you were Michael Jordan and how would he handle this situation and visualize how that might play out if you took on that persona of someone who is successful. And we know that Michael Jordan has had his ups and downs. So that's a really good one for people who are familiar with his career history. Environments. Surround yourself with positivity. This can help with Negative self-talk. If we're constantly listening to negative stuff, then we're going to tend to be in that negative mindset. Surrounding yourself with positivity. Encourage people in your household to model positivity. Parents, we want to model positivity for our kids. Listen to positive songs. And I picked a little bit from multiple different genres because I don't know what kind of songs you guys like. We want to encourage our clients to find and create a playlist of positive songs and this can be a really fun between group activity or even in group activity where they brainstorm really positive songs or if it's individual counseling it can be something they do between sessions encourage them to create like a 15 song playlist some of the songs can include jimmy eat world the middle high hopes by frank sinatra also you know also known as the the rubber tree plant, just what makes that little old ant think he can move a rubber tree plant, you know. Anyway, High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, Indestructible by Disturbed, Undefeated by Skillet, I Am Woman by MC Light, uh, Me or Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, I Love Me by Megan Trainer. I'm All Right, Jody Messina, Stronger, Britney Spears, Flares by The Script, or Light Behind Your Eyes by My Chemical Romance. Like I said, there's a lot of genres there. It gives you somewhere to start. And you can, again, search on the internet for playlists of positive songs and start there if you have no idea where to start um, with that. But a lot of times, this is a really fun activity for people, clients to do because it encourages them to really focus on the lyrics of songs and what those songs are telling them subconsciously when they're listening to them if they're not normally keyed in on, on the verbiage. And a couple of the searches I did, empowering songs to help you through a breakup or songs to help you through anxiety or depression. You'll come up with several different playlists. Have family members or people that you live with. Bring a positive quote or song lyrics with them to dinner once a week and then put it on the fridge or on a bulletin board somewhere. That encourages people to regularly be seeking something new that's positive and keeps them from necessarily getting stuck in the negative stuff. Give yourself a pep talk every morning. You remember the old Stuart Smalley. He would look in the mirror and say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Now, that one's not necessarily super helpful. 
if people don't believe that they deserve positive things, if people don't believe that they're good enough and smart enough, then saying that is generally not going to do a whole lot of good. When we have clients design their pep talk, we want to have them explain why. If they say, I'm good enough, I'm good enough because, and have them list a few things that are awesome about them. I'm smart enough because. That way they have that evidence there that reminds them that they are good enough and smart enough. Have people keep a success wall or a scrapbook. Depending on the person, you know, some people like to do a scrapbook that they can carry with them. Some people like to do a digital scrapbook and create an album in Google Photos, for example. Some people like to plaster it across the wall and create something. Whatever it is that helps them feel successful and remember their successes. So when they're having a bad day, they can review whatever that is. When people take things personally, they are often assuming they have control over how others people, other people feel or react or the way things happen. An example, if somebody says, Sally didn't text me today, so she must be mad at me. That's negative self-talk. That's assuming the negative outcome without knowing what's going on. I didn't get that job. They must have hated me. Or I don't know what I did, but dad was in an awful mood all day today. All three of those statements imply a negative situation that are caused by, in some way, caused by that person. And we don't know that that person had anything to do with it. There are a lot of different things that could cause Sally not to text or that could keep somebody from getting a job or could make dad mad. Encouraging people instead of personalizing and thinking, you know, I'm a horrible person. I must have, you know, done something wrong. Let's look at some other explanations. Encourage people to look for three alternate non-personal explanations. Why might Sally not have texted you? Uh, she was busy, her phone died, or maybe she was sick and, you know, she she's still sleeping. I don't know. But there are generally at least three explanations you can come up with other than it's me. Examine the facts of the situation and did it have anything to do with you? If you know that you and Sally got into a fight yesterday or the day before and now she's not texting you, well, okay, it might have something to do with you. If things were going hunky-dory and Sally just didn't text, you have no data, you have no evidence, and we want actual factual evidence that it has anything to do with you. It's important to look at the facts. If dad was in an awful mood all day today, think about what happened over the day. Did you do something that might have, you know, triggered a bad mood? Is your mood his, is his mood your responsibility? No, but you can take a look at what may have triggered that bad mood and decide what to do next. If you took the car out and you ran it the gas tank all the way down to like under an eighth of a tank and dad had to go to work and he gets in the car and there's no gas in the car, that could potentially put him in a bad mood. Is that something you did? Well, yeah. Does it mean he doesn't love you anymore? No. It means he didn't like that behavior. And so that is factual information. If you remember that, oh yeah, I did that and he's told me half a dozen times to always fill the car up. It's important for people to look and focus on, you know, what parts of this situation may be due to me 
And what parts of that do I have control over and what parts don't? Catastrophizing means expecting the worst. So encourage people to evaluate the probability that something's going to happen. John is nervous because Sally hadn't texted him and he's expecting that, oh, she's going to break up with. Okay. Where, number one, where's the evidence for that? How do we know this? But let's evaluate the probability that that's going to happen and make a plan B. Okay, if she does break up with you, what's going to happen? What do you, how would you handle that? That helps people feel empowered because they have that back, backup plan. So examples of catastrophizing, if I ask him out, he will laugh in my face. Well, that's expecting the worst. Evaluate the probability that if you ask this person out, that he will laugh in your face. You know, could it happen? Yeah. How probable is it? And if he does laugh in your face, since there is a small possibility that it could happen, how are you going to handle it? What's your plan B? I am sure I'm going to bomb that audition or tryout. What's the probability? You know, you have been rehearsing that dance routine for three months now. You know it in your sleep. What's the likelihood that you're going to bomb it? If you do, you go out there and all of a sudden you have a brain cramp and you forget halfway through the routine, what comes next? What's your plan B? How are you going to handle that? If you don't make the team this year, what are you going to do? There's no way I can win this election or get this promotion. Any day now, I could lose my job and be homeless. Well, is it possible? Okay, sure. We'll go with that. How Probable is it that not only will you lose your job any day now, but then suddenly you're also going to be homeless. And the chances of that happening, as long as you're doing a good job, remember focusing on what they can, what parts they can control, the chances of them losing their job is probably not high. But if they do, what's their plan B so they don't become homeless? How can we prevent the catastrophe? I have a pain in my side, so it must be cancer. What's the probability? And what do you do about it? You have this pain in your side. How do you fix it? If it turns out to be cancer, what's your plan B? How do you handle that? Magnification is focusing on negative aspects of the event. So have people change the negative to a neutral, a positive, or even a challenge. If somebody says, you know, I can't run today because I sprained my ankle. I guess I get a recovery day since my ankle is sprained. Or... A challenge. What else could I do for cardio that doesn't put weight on my ankle? Um, another example, Jake, Jake said no when I asked him out, and I am mortified. Okay, well, that's an unpleasant situation. Let's change the negative to a neutral. I can ask somebody else out. It's not my ideal situation, but, you know, it's not the total end of the world. Um, how can you change it to a positive or a challenge? He will never know what he's missing out, out on because I have a lot to offer. And that's that positive self-talk coming in. I didn't get that job can be reframed to there are better things in store for me or there's probably a different job that's a better fit. Self-other comparisons also cause a lot of negative stress. And we talked about this at the beginning of class. Coming to the understanding that it's likely there will always be someone out there better than you at some things is vital to mental health. If you hang your self-esteem on being perfect and the best and number one at everything all the time, you're going to be disappointed. And that is going to highlight any failures, hiccups, losses that happen. Recognizing that we all have different gifts, we all have different talents, is and, and focusing on the ones that you do have instead of the ones that you don't have 
can help you start can help people start feeling better about themselves and more empowered and positive and all that kind of stuff. I know I'm not good at math. You know, that's one of those things. And my daughter right now is working through college algebra. And I know good and well that that's not something I can help her with. And it frustrates me sometimes because I think I should be able to help her with her math. And then I talk back to myself, sometimes out loud, and remind myself that there are a lot of things that I'm good at. And math's just not one of them. And that's okay because it doesn't make me any less lovable. Helping people remember there's differences between, you know, what they do and what they have versus who they are. They're lovable as a person, even if they don't have the biggest house. They're lovable as a person, even if, fill, fill that in, just like we talked about in slide three or whatever it was. Have people focus on being the best person that they can be that day and better than the day before. Am I the perfect version of myself right now? Well, no. I think most of us would probably say no, but we strive for progress, not perfection. What do I do well right now? What did I do well yesterday? And what could I do better on today? Three simple questions. And that focuses on the positive, the things that I can do, the things that I have the power to change. Global negative statements generally start with words like I am and I must. In acceptance and commitment therapy, he talks about unhooking and Focusing on how different it feels to say, instead of saying, I am stupid, saying, I am stupid at math, or I am having the thought that I am stupid. Having a thought and being something are two different things. I can have a lot of thoughts. It doesn't mean that any of them are true. Encourage people to change their language. Instead of saying, I am useless, say, I'm not sure how I contribute to this situation. That's a little bit more positive, and then that opens up the door to figuring out the answer to that question. And finally, my favorite one is, instead of saying, I must be the best, saying, I must be the best that I can be. Everybody's best is a little bit different. Locus of control. If people's locus of control is too internal, they try to control everything, and they feel very disempowered when something goes awry. When our locus of control is too internal. Have people identify parts of the situation that they don't have control over. For example, if they say, I should be able to achieve anything I ever try to do. Well, there's all kinds of extreme words in there. And that means that they're discounting the influence of other factors and for their success or for their failure. We're not always going to succeed at everything that we try to do. Another statement too in, uh, that would be too internal. It's my fault that my mother got sick. If somebody takes responsibility for that, because you know, little children a lot of times will take responsibility for everything. It's my fault that mommy's sad. It's my fault that mommy's sick. We want to help them realize what parts of that, if anything, that they have control over. You know, it's not your fault that mommy's sick right now. She has, you know, XYZ disease. What can you do to help her? Focusing back that child's attention back instead of on what caused it and, you know, trying blaming themselves to assuring them that they didn't cause it and focusing on what they can do that's positive because they feel powerless in the face of some sort of illness that a parent has. Help them develop power instead of focusing on the powerlessness focus on what they have the power to achieve. 
external locus of control. People have no, feel like they have no control over anything. It's just fate. No matter what I do, it's going to turn out however it's supposed to, so why try? Again, have people identify parts of the situation that you do have control over because we have control over some things. We have control over our choices. We have control over what we do and say to ourselves. For example, if somebody says, I only did well because of luck. Hmm. Okay, so luck helped you pass that math test or helped you do well on your ACTs or your GREs. Well, there may be a little element of luck in there. However, there was also a whole lot of studying and a whole lot of learning. Let's focus credit where credit is due. It was bad luck that I fumbled the pass. Well, what parts of that did you have control over? If the quarterback threw the pass and it overshot, you know, that may have, you know, been on him. And so you weren't able to get a good grip on the, on the ball and yada, yada. It's just my luck the teacher collected homework today. Well, teachers can collect homework any day. What part of that situation did you have control over? You chose not to do your homework. I got demoted because my boss has it in for me. You know, it's just totally uncontrollable. Having the person focus on why does your boss have it in for you? What parts of that situation can you control? And if you can't control the parts with that supervisor, what else can you do if to, to help your career get furthered, which may be transferring or talking to human resource. Encourage people, instead of saying, I can't or I won't, they say, I choose not to. I can't rock climb. Well, no, I choose not to rock climb, which actually is not true. But <laughs> instead of saying, I can't do it, which means it's an impossibility, I am asserting my power to choose. Encourage people to always focus on the present and improve the next moment. Radical acceptance. It is what it is. In the present, I feel unhappy. I feel angry. I feel guilty. I feel giddy. I feel elated. Whatever it is. Okay, that's the present. Awesome. Now, what can you do if anything needs to be done to improve the next moment? If you're feeling giddy and elated, you're probably just going to ride that wave for a while. But if you're feeling unhappy or scared or unsafe, instead of getting stuck in that negative mindset, focusing on the positive. What can I do to, what do I have the power to do to improve the next moment? Too often people focus on what went wrong or what they don't have. When they get evaluations, they may focus on the three things that their supervisor told them they could work on instead of the 23 things that their supervisor said they did awesome. Um, if they don't have enough money or they don't think they have enough money, they may focus on the fact that they make $20,000 and football players make $20 million. I don't know. Relationships are the same way. Encourage people to spend 10 minutes each day focusing on what went right. Finding the silver lining in the bad or remembering all the other things that are okay, even if one thing goes awry. You know, maybe I don't have as much money as I want or the biggest, the, the house that I want or whatever it is. But what things do I have that are important for me to have a rich and meaningful life what are the things that i do have and they can make mobiles and on the little mo mobile they can make little shrinky dinks or some sort of uh things that you put on on it in order to help them remember all the positive things you can also i wouldn't necessarily do it to my fridge but you can or you can do it to a wall you can get either whiteboard paint or blackboard paint and create a 
whiteboard or blackboard that you can write these things on every single day. All or nothing self-statements usually contain the words always, never, every, nobody, etc. Encourage people to look for exceptions and what is different instead of saying, I will never be happy again. Okay, let's look at what things might happen that make you happy or what things have happened today that made you happy, even if just for a minute. I am always depressed. Okay, let's look for exceptions. Generally, we're not something 24-7, 365 our entire life. So times that you weren't depressed or you were less depressed, what was different? Find ways to remedy the issue. If a client says, nobody ever calls me to go out on the weekend. Okay, well, have they ever called you? And if so, what was different? But if they've never called you, let's look at what might be prompting that. Maybe you've turned down invitations so many times before that they don't bother to try to call anymore or maybe they just don't know that you want to go out with them on the weekend so what can you do to remedy that issue maybe start calling other people to go out and get the ball rolling i can never seem to lose weight well let's look at what the hurdles are and figure out ways to remedy that issue a lot of times when people say that when we go back over their weight loss journey we we find some very clear obstacles that they weren't able to um able to resolve emotional reasoning i feel scared to give a speech therefore it must be scary i'm scared to start driving so driving must be dangerous i'm angry that people are always mean and rude all of this is emotional reasoning because we don't necessarily have facts for it what are the facts for and against the idea that giving a speech is scary. What, you know, what are the facts, not the possibilities, not the, you know, potential things. Encourage people to find three alternate explanations. Eval evaluate the facts of the situation. Check for all or nothing thinking. And see if they're confusing high and low probability events. For kids, put positive notes in their coats, lunchboxes, etc. And you can even do this for your adult significant others too. It means a lot to some people. You know, if you want to go and, and look up the five love languages, um, words of affirmation are definitely a love language for a lot of people. So if that is a love language for a significant other, put positive notes in their coats or lunchboxes. If it's a Love language of you. Put positive notes in your coats or lunchboxes or briefcases. You know, hide them around so you occasionally come across them and smile. It can be, it can also be a memory, a positive memory that reminds you of something that you did well, something that was successful. Give people kudos or even stars for kids for being the best that they can be. And remember to do this for yourself. Remind yourself at the end of every day, progress, not perfection. I didn't necessarily hit everything out of the park today but good for me for getting up and trying keep a good things jar for each person in the family each time they do something well or helpful they get to put a penny in the jar this reinforces that even if they don't succeed if they did the best that they could there will be benefits so they start adding up those pennies positive self-talk helps you feel empowered and good about being the best that you can be feelings of empowerment reduce feelings of helplessness and hopelessness and can protect against anxiety depression and a host of stress-related illnesses positive self-talk does not mean ignoring the negative it means embracing the good with the bad you know 
we talked about that before class started today. It is pouring rain. We're supposed to get three inches and the ground is already saturated. You know, that's kind of a negative in some ways. However, the positive is we aren't flooding yet and probably won't flood, which is good. And I won't have to wash my car, which is another bonus. Learn to evaluate situations objectively instead of using that emotional reasoning, you know, going into the doctor's office to get, you know, lab results back some people get really anxious about that and they start negatively you know talking themselves into being upset it's going to come back that i've got this wrong with me or that wrong with me what are the facts you know the doctor did blood work that's all that's all that you know at this point seeing failure or the potential for failure as a learning opportunity can also help with negative self-talk because if we see something we do as a learning opportunity then we say i learned from whatever this experience was how not to do it again if we see it as a failure sometimes we start taking that in and adhering to that and saying i am a failure instead of i'm having the thought that i'm a failure or i failed at this i'm not a failure i failed at you know making a souffle that's definitely not something i do well mainly because we've got four dogs in the house and a teenage boy who gallops i think down the stairs fully recognizing your strength and capabilities is another aspect of positive self-talk you're not ignoring the negative you're not ignoring the fact that there are some things you can't do but positive self-talk encourages you to focus on the cans these are the things i can do i you know Going back to math, I can't help my daughter with Algebra 1 right now because that's just not my thing. What can I do? I can get her a tutor. I can have her dad help her with it. There are things that I can do. It may just not be a skill that I have. If this podcast helps you help your clients or yourself, please support us by purchasing your CEUs at allceus.com or getting your agency to sponsor an episode. A direct link to the on-demand CEUs for this podcast is at allceus.com slash podcast CEUs. That's allceus.com slash podcast CEUs. To sponsor an episode of Counselor Toolbox and reach over 50,000 clinicians per week, go to allceus.com slash sponsor. Thank you.